Yes, You're Wrong, the podcast where we talk trash about the things people love to hate, hate to love, and we're your hosts, Shelby and Matt. And this week, we have a special guest because we were like, what is going on in the world <laughs> on TV and movies? Not much, but there are so many books to read. And so we got our resident book expert back on the <laughs> podcast. You were on here to talk about book to movie recommendations, yeah. I think, before. Well, anyways, it's Sierra Velarde. She's yes, back. Yes, I'm back. I have yes. been dying to come back ever since the first time I was on because mm-hmm. Shelby and I have become best friends. Yes. Just yeah. Leaving Matt I know. Matt is scared of our combined power and taste, and he refuses yeah. to let Sierra come on for movies and TV because he knows we'd be in the right <laughs> and he would look like a total doofus. So, yeah. How dare you? But, but I broke him. I'm back. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, we're all just trapped in these apartments with a bunch of books. And I feel like everyone that I know has just been on a reading craze, just polishing off books right and left when usually it takes them months to get through things. So I thought it would be interesting to talk about what we've been reading, recommendations for things that you might want to look at, things that we have hated and that you should definitely not try to read (laughs) during quarantine, you know, all kinds of different options for you. I have been reading a lot. I think when the quarantine first happened, it was like a it was like a way to deal with my anxiety where I was like, if I was reading, I wasn't thinking, you know, you feel me? Like that's where that space was. Yeah, because I, I feel like it's easy when you're like watching TV or a movie, you can have your phone on yes. and then just like be scrolling <laughs> Twitter, scrolling Instagram and then mm-hmm. spiral. Um, yes. But with the book, you have to focus a little more. And exactly. it's the best way for me to escape during this. How have you been during all of this, Sierra? Like what have you been up to? What has your quarantine life looked like? Yeah. So right when all of this was getting really crazy, my boyfriend and I had just come back from a trip to Mexico. So we were kind of quarantining ourselves for those 14 days. Um, But then, like, as you know, you're in New York, Matt. It's been Mm -hmm. getting very crazy here. Mm -hmm. So a couple weeks ago, we escaped the city to go to my boyfriend's family in Connecticut. And I love that there's so much space here. It's been great. But I'm kind of having to, like, deal with, like, another parents rules of the house you know I'm, I'm adjusting um yeah. but it's been it's been so nice to like go on a walk and not see like a thousand people in central park so <laughs> yeah i mean matt's been forced to walk his nintendo controller so i think oh, you, God, you I made the right it. call <laughs> yeah and i've also dove into uh tiktok as well as you guys have yes um, yeah I, I just find that like i cannot go on to Twitter or Instagram without like just spiraling. And so I will just literally open TikTok and I will stay in the same position for about an hour and just scroll. <laughs> and I'll be like, oh, where's my life from? Yeah. We've I all will been say there. this about TikTok. So like I discovered TikTok long before this, I don't know, like four or five months ago, I was very <laughs> into making videos. Then I wasn't making videos for very long for a bit and then Shelby got on TikTok and I felt very competitive because she was like getting more views than me so then I was like cranking out the content (laughs) and then Shelby stopped for like moral reasons or whatever and so now I have (laughs) and now I have less uh incentive to post Uh, things you should just do things because you want to do them not because other people are forcing you to do them I didn't know I was the like creative um (laughs) pressure that created that nintendo walk 
I feel I don't know how to feel about that. I mean, to yeah, you're I like create the a monster? Tesla to my yeah. Edison or whatever, whoever the that, that like conversation wow, was. throwing it back. Well, Shelby has a dog, and so that just helped her algorithm. Yes, you know? yeah, That's for true. sure. And yeah. you had great content, obviously. Hello. Well, but, thanks, um, but I know you I don't know. have back a dog. dog. Yeah. <laughs> No, I mean, that used to be my way of surviving. And then I just got, I couldn't handle it. It just made me more anxious or I don't know. <laughs> TikTok was just a toxic place for me. So I turned back to uh, Netflix binges and reading. So I have a lot of content. So are you guys both, it sounds like you guys are hard copy readers. Is that how you guys function? No, I oh, kind really? of go back and forth. I've read okay. the last three books on um a kindle i feel like i read faster on a kindle i don't know yeah i kind of like the like you can see how far you are at the bottom i love that too it's so addictive to me i'm like oh five minutes left in this chapter i love yes you're like okay just (laughs) literally i'm like 85 percent way through i can keep going it's fine (laughs) um last year i finally got a library card because i realized there's like libby where you can just get a ton of ebooks for free because the thing about kindle when i first got i was like ebooks still cost like a lot of money so I was like this is dumb to buy a digital copy when I could just pay four extra bucks and get a hard copy so I wasn't like reading a ton on my kindle but now that I've had a library card I have just been burning through these digital books you know having fun isn't hard when you've got a library card yeah (laughs) Yeah. I mean it's pretty wild I uh last year was when I got I got the library card and I read 60 books in a year. And that was a huge wow. record for me, a personal best. And so this year I was like, you know what? I'm going to read 65, you know, shoot for the stars. And I'm not kidding you. I've already read 54 books this year. Oh, my God. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I just this is just gonna going to be Shelby talking about all the books. And I was being like, uh-huh, uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> haven't, read have that, haven't read that. Haven't read that. Yeah. No. No, I mean, a lot of them aren't like great or worth mentioning, but I just, it's my bedtime meditation is I'll just read a book. So wait, how many books have you read then since quarantine started? Since quarantine, I did actually do the math. So I think like, so I count quarantine like after I got home from New York, um, that New York trip in like mid, early March. So I think like since then I've read 30 books. Oh, oh my god my god i've read five no yes i, was, I, I, was I also have myself. five mm-hmm. oh, okay. Same. awesome matt okay good I feel yeah. better. well it's okay because i'm not <laughs> recommending all of them we're talking about all of them it's okay. just a personal problem i have and uh it's led me down a lot of weird paths like a lot of different genres i never would have explored before but you know here i am i'm finally that's admitting- like a book a day I know. Almost. <laughs> I know. Well, they cut my hours at work, so I mean, oh. it's a, you know, you have to yeah. find the little you choice you where do. you can. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh, that is still. I mean, I feel like a couple of years ago, um, on Goodreads or whatever, I was tracking my books and I read like in the thirty range, and I felt yeah. like that I was reading a lot last year for whatever reason. I just like couldn't get into things. And Mm -hmm. I don't know, I was like, I was just stressed in other situations. So I think I read like maybe 14, which was so few. And then this year I was like, okay, I'm just going to aim for 20, which I mean, I'll easily hit now at this point, given all of these extra Corona books that I've been reading. But, oh my gosh, the thought (laughs) of reading 60 books 
Like I, I'm I that's just I'm scared. So I've always yes. been like a fast reader, so I don't I don't like think it's normal. Like I'm not like oh everyone <laughs> should be reading sixty books a year. It's just something I've always been like. That's been <laughs> that's just my secret you know, talent. I think. Sarah and I are we're really savoring the language exactly, of the books. Yes, we're notes. we're reflecting things. Yes. Oh Definitely. yeah. I Somebody love else. a margin note. Um, <laughs> You know, tr- translating as I go sometimes into other languages. <laughs> totally. I could go a lot faster if I wanted to. Yeah, it's oh, quality yeah. over quantity for you, and I respect that. Do you guys ever give up on a book? Yes. Are you like a bitter ender? Oh, you do. I tend to be – well, when I used to read less, I would definitely finish. Like, I tend to be very much like pro just finish it. But as I've, you know, you hit some duds once you reach like the 40 book a year mark. So I've definitely (laughs) been like, this isn't worth it. They're not all winners. (laughs) Yeah. But I guess you're a finisher to the... I've only not finished about two or three books. Oh, man. I want to know which ones. Never finished. I can't. Now I can't even remember the ones I haven't finished. (laughs) I do know there are a couple ones that I wish I would have abandoned before. Yes. But whenever I get to like 100 pages, then I'm into it. Like if I have to I have to give up before 100 pages or else right. I feel like I have to finish it. That makes sense. Yeah. That's fair. It's a real rare occurrence. I'm such a completist that I feel like I have to finish it even if it's terrible. The only like there are few books that I haven't finished. And the most like notable one I feel like recently is I got this book called like red leopard white panther or something like that I can it see was the cover in my head it was billed as a african game of thrones which i was like Ooh. okay i'm into this i and it was by marlon james who had written like a a book that had won like a booker prize or something so i was like good writer this feels up my alley so i got this book it was like 700 pages long I was a hundred pages in, could not tell you like anything that had happened. Like it was so confusing and so convoluted. I like couldn't pick the characters apart. I didn't, it was sort of like magical realism. So it was just baffling to me. I didn't have any like touchstones to go on. And I just ditched because I was like, I can't read another 600 pages of this. And I have no idea (laughs) what's happening. (laughs) Yeah. That's a good decision. At some point it's just self-care. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it really. shouldn't be a torture to read the book, you know? Yeah. Yes. Well, let's get started talking about books that we have read during quarantine. Um, Sierra, you're the guest. Where do you want to take us first? <laughs> um, I think I'm going to start with my most um, out there suggestion, and you guys are going to laugh at me, but the best celebrity memoir I have ever read <laughs> has been Open Book by Jessica Simpson. And I'm not kidding you. Oh, wow. <laughs> I've read some of the like more titillating uh, gossip items, but I haven't actually it, read an even sample of it. So that's the thing. Like, I, that's how I feel about a lot of celebrity memoirs is that they like put out the book and then they go on their press tour and then you're like, okay, I have all the sound bites. I have all the yeah. like, big stuff. And that's what kind of like drew me in. I was like, oh, like I, I always loved Jessica Simpson. I like loved Newlyweds, like – I would watch that again today. <laughs> and so I was like, oh, I'll, I'll start reading it. And I'd seen a lot of like people that I follow were reading it. And it, I've never read something where they go into such depth and spill so much tea about the relationships they've been in. She spends like at least a hundred pages talking about how much of a dick John Mayer was. 
Um, she goes in like she's just like she talks so much about Nick Lachey and she had like an emotional affair with Johnny Knoxville um, of oh, Jackass oh. fame which was haven't just, we all I know right <laughs> but and she also talks a lot about like her faith and I I'm like not a super religious person but the way that she talked about it didn't turn me off at all it was just like I like grew to respect her more whoever her ghostwriter is is amazing but <laughs> she you don't think she wrote it all herself, Sierra? Like, How dare you? <laughs> she did say, I think she said, like, she's like, my favorite um, book is Great Expectations by Charles Dickens or something. And I was like, is it? Oh, wow. <laughs> um, okay. But she does say, too, that she, like, when she was on Newlyweds, obviously, she would make a whole bunch of, like, kind of ditzy remarks. And some of them mm. were real, but then she realized that those were, like, her biggest gags. And so she would definitely lean into, like, the ditzy blonde thing. What um, about the chicken of the sea? Did she talk about that? I think she did, but I think she, like, <laughs> she talked a lot, which I found fascinating about the whole, like, mom jeans thing when she, everyone was oh, saying she was, yeah. like, super fat. Um, and she yeah. said she was, like, a size four at the time, like, yeah. 20 pounds, but she knew she, like, couldn't say that because then that would, like, be bad for anyone else viewing it. I don't know. I right. If you have any interest in, like, celebrity culture or if you ever have seen, like, your favorite couple break up and you're like, oh, I wonder <laughs> what happened, this is – what you need very interesting wow you know i i'm (laughs) i rarely read a celebrity memoir but if it's like if it's like a hot mess express enough i'll dive in um i did read the omarosa memoir uh, a couple years ago (laughs) and that was a joy um so this feels like it could be up my alley yes i've heard the audiobook is very good too she narrates it Oh. oh Interesting. Yeah, so if you need Love like that. if you need like a quarantine walk buddy, Jess is there for you. <laughs> mm. Good, Good to old know. Jessica. Yeah. But yeah, not <laughs> this is not high literature, but it is exactly what you need to get you through quarantine, I'm telling you. Yeah. Makes sense. Okay, Shelby, you have, you know, approximately <laughs> what, fifty-four books that you've read this past <laughs> yeah. month. So yeah. do you want to grace us with one that you think is especially good or interesting? Yeah, I mean the one I just finished, I think is a is a good one. Um, Daisy Jones and the Six by Taylor Jenkins <gasps> Reid. Love yes. that. Book. Did, I, did I tell you to read this? <laughs> no, I think the whole world was telling the whole world okay. to read this. But if you want to take credit, like you totally can. I mean, um, so this is a fictional oral history of a rock and roll band in the seventies and sort of their rush to fame and the falling apart of that and. I don't know. It was just fun to read. I'd heard a lot about it. Obviously, it's a recent book. I think it came out last year, right? I yeah. Think. Yes. And mm-hmm. um, but I, I was sort of expecting a more narrative like novel because I I don't think the cover tells you it's like a oral history necessarily. But so it's presented as like these people reflecting back on the entire experience. So. It was fun to get into. It felt sort of like a fresh um, format and it was easy to like appreciate all the different characters, even as they like came and went. And um, I don't know, it was just a, it was just a fun, different, spicy read. And with the format too, I remember reading it really fast because it's kind of written as like an oral history, um, like a Rolling Stone article almost. And so I loved it. And I think they're turning into a, like either a TV show or a movie. Oh, fun. 
Oh, yes, they are. I read this for my book club that Voss is in, our guest, last week. Um, and we had a whole discussion on the casting for the TV show. <laughs> and we were also trying to figure out, so the book is an oral history, and I we couldn't figure out if the TV show is going to be like a fake documentary or if it's just going to be like a straight TV show, like not have the mm, kind uh... of like look back quality to it. And I couldn't figure that out anywhere. So what would you prefer, do you think? Well, so I, the one part of this book that I really disliked comes like towards the end. I don't know if we want to give spoilers, but there's a part where it's like kind of the fourth wall gets broken. Oh um, yeah. Like the very end. Yeah. I don't yeah. know what you're talking Yes. About. Yeah. And I was like, oh, this is the, like, this just is the worst possible way that they could have done this. <laughs> And otherwise, I think the book is so good. So I was kind of like, if they if they just do it as a straight TV show and not as like a fake documentary, I think they can steer clear of that issue. But um, <laughs> otherwise, yeah, I don't know. I think it could be fun to, to do like a documentary kind of thing because I feel like we haven't really seen very much in that style of like a fake documentary with like old pictures and things. Yeah, I kind of viewed it as like an e-true Hollywood story, but like 10 times better. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That'd be fun. Who's the Who's the dream cast for Daisy then? She it's Kai it's Riley Keough, which I don't know Who? if you she she was in one episode of Riverdale. Um, oh my gosh. she was she was also in that show in that movie The Lodge that came out uh, earlier this year that I absolutely despised. Um, oh, she's the granddaughter of Elvis and Priscilla Presley. Yes. Wow. I don't recognize her at all. Did a quick Goog. Okay. I guess I could see Okay. It. That's fine. Okay. So I, that, I was going to talk about that book too, because that oh, was I'm one so of my sorry. favorite things that I read. But whatever. Fine. <laughs> Steal my paltry five books from me, Shelby. Why don't you? <laughs> yeah, that's my um, Okay. So currently I'm reading and absolutely obsessed with The Outsider by Stephen King, which I mean, I'm a huge Stephen King fan in general. So Mm -hmm. when I knew that I was going into quarantine, I was like, let me buy myself a new Stephen King book like as a treat. And there's a TV show that was on HBO that I have not watched yet because I'm still reading the book. But the premise I think is, is kind of interesting this boy is murdered and the police feel like they have all of the information that they could possibly need to like, as to who the killer is, they have witnesses, they have DNA, they have fingerprints and they arrest this man. But then come to find out the man actually has an airtight alibi that he was like in a different state at a convention where there is also fingerprints and video evidence and eyewitnesses. So it's like, wait, was he in two places at once? Does he have a twin? Like, what's going on? And I haven't figured it out yet, but it is, um, <laughs> it's very engrossing. And I've just like cruised through the first 250 pages of it. So, Man, I'm excited Stephen to see where it King, goes. I just, I can't, like, 250 pages and you still don't know anything. Like, come on. Yeah. I've well, never you don't read know much. Who- I've never read a Stephen King novel. I just can't, yeah. I don't know. I can't do it. Me uh, neither. It's not my guys. Speed. Shelby, okay. No, (laughs) it's it's called character development. He's so good at like setting it up and building it. Stop mansplaining character development. (laughs) (laughs) I can list like two hundred page books that have more character development than at least half of the Stephen King novels. But the thing with Stephen King is that like his casts are always huge so it's not like it's it's not like it's a it's a book that has two people in it and it has a lot of character development it's like character development he's setting up like 
15 different things that are going on and then they all kind of come together in the end you know i'm happy for you and i i had to watch the final i mean i watched the final episode with my husband so i do know how it ends so i'm excited for that journey for you wait did he watch it all did you watch it all yeah no he watched it okay Um, did he like it yeah i think he mostly liked it we didn't really sit and unpack it because i just didn't care (laughs) so you i heard the first couple episodes are good yeah yeah Because it's Ben Mendelsohn and Cynthia Revo, so I feel like it's good casting, and it's HBO, yeah. and it's Stephen King, so I'm hyped for it, no matter yeah. what you two have to say. <laughs> okay, Sierra, but let's cleanse the palate. Like, what else do you oh got? Oh, my God. <laughs> um, so I think, Shelby, you've mentioned this in the podcast before, but I kind of leaned into the whole quarantine um Yes. End of the world kind of thing and read Severance by Ling Ma. Oh, yes. I just I devoured it. I read it in like two days, which is fast for me. It's probably slow yes. for you, but no. you know. uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> read it as a bit of like a satire of kind of uh-huh. like working culture and the way we're just obsessed about how much we work because it's about it follows one character um, and kind of does two storylines. It goes back and forth between the chapters of. Um, before this fever breaks out and after the fever breaks out and how society is just completely crumbled and Mm -hmm. this fever it's called shen fever um it causes people to just repetitively do things whether it's like setting the table if you're a housewife or folding clothes at um a retail store if you work there um Mm. and it was like eerily scary how it portrayed the the evolution of the outbreak because I yeah. even though like literally all almost all of society and almost everyone like ends up succumbing to this fever in this reality it's kind of like she it describes how everything was okay until it wasn't and it was very gradual yeah. and then very fast and I was like she literally Ugh. this this book came out like over a year ago but it was it's I've been watching a lot of like zombie movies or apocalypse movies <laughs> but this was 1000% the most realistic portrayal yes. to what I think we're going through right now. So if you want to lean into it, uh, it's it's <laughs> yeah. so good. But I will say the ending pissed me off. But I don't know how to yeah, feel about it. I feel you there. I do. Yeah. I, I know. We'll have to talk about that offline because I yes, I loved please. like everything. And then I was like, huh. But no, it's I, like a fun little dance with your anxiety to read this book during 100%. quarantine. Yeah. <laughs> it's like oh how am I feeling today yeah yeah no 100% and it's also kind of like it's like a mirror to your feelings so it's like oh Mm -hmm. like you you come back to the book and you're like oh she's feeling what I'm feeling I guess guess I'll just keep going to work at the end of the world I mean what else I know right you know (laughs) yeah and she's like also lives in New York too so it's like it was just very eerily similar but um and it's also kind of funny too I I found myself laughing at it but. Yeah, <laughs> Sima, another good read. You can uh, take our recommendation on. But um, I, <laughs> I found a new genre that I've sort of avoided my whole life. I don't know. It's kind of like in the vein of um, Little Fires Everywhere. Just sort of those homemakery, um, not thrillers, but just mysteries, oh, suburban or dramas. Like yeah, upmarket like contemporary. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But this one was fun. It's called "Such a Fun Age" by Kylie yes. Reed. Oh, did you read it? Yes, I did. It's so good. Oh my gosh! Oh my we're, gosh. we're the same person right now. Calm <laughs> we should down. have like traded notes. No, but <sighs> um, this is a this is another one I'd heard like a lot about. It's a debut novel. Um, it's also fairly recent. 
but it's about this wealthy woman who has this um, black babysitter who one night is racially profiled while taking care of this white child. And so the white mother sort of becomes panicked about needing to become her best friend to like prove she's not a racist basically and to make up for this horrible experience. And so it sort of follows these two women's lives as a, I don't know. It turned into something I wasn't really expecting where this, this person from the homemake the, from the housewife's like past comes into the picture in a strange way. And it's all about this, like, I don't know, this weird relationship between obviously the wife and the worker, but it's kind of frothy, but also, you know, plays into the race relations and power dynamic there. And it was just like a very addictive read. I powered through it in such a, such a fast way. I mean, I just, it was, it was really such a fun age. (laughs) (laughs) I know. I really liked this one too. And it, it, there's a part in the middle though that I was like powering through it and then it becomes so awkward that I literally had to like put yeah. the book down and walk around my apartment for about 10 minutes. Yeah. But then it was like, it's really good character development and yes. as well. And it's kind of like, it's one of those books that you don't really like love any of the characters, but you just <laughs> oh, are yeah. really, inv- you're really invested in how all their stories end up because they're also intertwined. So yes, I really liked it, was it too. A lot it's of a fun. beautiful book too. Like the cover is really, really pretty. Yeah. I thought they, I thought she did such a great job at the different characters and the sort of like classic, you know, liberal white woman and all of it was just a delight to read. And it, it was also happened to have this, I don't know, not like a mystery, but just sort of a weird personal streak to it that made it kind of fun to see it all come together. Yeah, I also liked the dynamics between like the nanny and the kid and how yeah. it's just such a, a hard experience because you grow to love them, yeah. but it's always going to be temporary. Yeah. And I like this. I think she was a, ba- a nanny and a babysitter for a while. So oh, they could like tell that experience made it more authentic. Mm. Yeah, that has good characterization, but it's not oh brick length, you know? So yeah. <laughs> yeah, but how many characters in are in the book? You know, you know. <laughs> okay, amount. whatever. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I feel like at this point in my life, having done this podcast for like over a year and a half with Shelby, I can just get like radar sometimes. I'm like, oh my gosh, Shelby is going to hate this. And I was reading the book Normal People by Sally Rooney um, over the quarantine, and I was just loving it it's sort of like a modern romance it's set in ireland it's these two people who meet in high school and like kind of fall in love and they sort of go back and forth on their relationship as they get older and like go through college and are trying to figure out their lives but it's it's really just a a, like almost a character study on the two of them and how what they're like as they're growing up and i was obsessed with it and like couldn't put it down just like kept reading and with every page i was like oh shelby was gonna hate this part oh nope, shelby's gonna hate that oh nope she's not gonna be into this and then i texted you and you were like that book was terrible so (laughs) i guess sierra have you read normal people i have did you like it or did you hate it or i liked it i was in the middle yes i liked it oh well okay (laughs) <laughs> I wasn't I because I, I had read it because everyone and their mother had read it and yes. I was like oh like this must be really good and I read it and I, I liked it enough I just felt I just was so sad at, at, like when I was reading it and I was just like and even though like you can feel all emotions while you're reading a book I didn't like I didn't 
speed through it because I didn't want to just feel as depressed as these characters were <laughs> at all times. And then the whole like, will they, won't they of these characters really was giving me a lot of anxiety. However, yeah. I will say, I think it was very well written. And then, yeah. like you said, it was such a good character study and you felt like these people were full characters and you also, I don't know, I could see so much of myself in a, in both of the main characters. And so mm. that also, oh, I, like, I think me. you're better than them both. I really do. I don't think anyone <laughs> Just like is little aspects. stupid. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, but yeah, I'm very I... excited for the adaptation that's coming to see, Hulu, that's right? It. Yes. And this is where I get confused because the way people were talking about this, it was like, oh, this is like a literary novel that'll have something important to say. But it was just like a weird romance that never took off for me. I was like, neither of these people, they're just so dumb (laughs) the whole time. And like, yes, characters. Yeah. And characters can be unlikable. I'm fine with it. But nothing else was going on. So I was like, why are we rooting for these people? Like, I don't like them. I don't think they're good together. I don't. And then like the ending, I was like, well, what the F was all this for? Like, I don't know. I just, I left the book just being like, it's beautifully written. That's great. But like, why the hype? Like, it's just a romance between toxic people, you know? I was so sympathetic to them both because I felt like they were both making bad decisions, but like not, not for bad reasons necessarily. They both had so much baggage going on from various things. But also I thought that she did a really good job of painting these relationships where like when you're in them, you're so obsessed with the other person, but then they're sort of unhealthy at the same time, but you're always kind of drawn to it and you know that it's not going to end well, but there are things about the relationship that are really good. And you do feel like in the end, you've, you've like taken something from them. I don't know. I really liked the way that I feel like most relationships in books, either they're like, they're really bad or they're really good. And I felt like she did a really good job of showing in this relationship how they can be both good and bad and beneficial and not beneficial at the same time. And you sort of have to like dissect through that as you're going. Yeah. Okay. There's also like a bit of like a star-crossed lovers thing about them too. That they just yeah. like no matter where they went in their lives, it was but always just kind of like a pull back to each other. By their own like problems. Like it like it all came down to this dumb boy not being able to communicate and like he went to therapy finally such a bad praise heavens (laughs) but I was just like man I just I don't I think she deserves better than this loser (laughs) that's how I felt but she was also bad at communicating like they were both bad at it yes but I would argue he he was the one with the power in the relationship especially in the beginning when they were in high school and he was the popular kid and so she always deferred to him And then he would just make these weird statements. And it's like, imagine being in the situation where your boyfriend's like, I'm going home. And you're just like, oh, okay. Didn't he he break up with her multiple times and she didn't realize he broke up with her or something like that? (laughs) But I think he was, but the problem was also that even though she, he's more popular than she is, like she comes from a, like a wealthy upbringing. So I think he is just so, um, like that's another angle to it and he gets really self-conscious about like not being about he thinks that he's like not good enough for her but she thinks that she's not good enough for him so it's both of them are like screwing each other over 
Oh, it made yeah. me want to go to Ireland. That's all I know. <laughs> yeah. There were some pros to it. I mean, yeah. I just, it wasn't like a zero star read for me on Goodreads. It was just not, it didn't live up to the hype in any way for me, I think was the main problem. I was just like, why yeah. did this, why did this romance spark the attention of the world? Like, I, just I just knew, Shelby, that you would hate the boy, though. <laughs> I was like, she will hate He's him a loser. so I'm much. Sorry. I, and half of the chapters I'm are sorry. from his perspective. I just... And I was like, she would just be fuming. He is, I agree he's a loser, but yeah, if I were 17, I would totally be in love with him as well. So that's where I was like, God, these people. (laughs) Yeah. No, I mean, I get it. (laughs) Sierra, did, has there been a book that you've read in quarantine that you're like, okay, this was definitely like the worst thing that I've read or like wouldn't recommend? I have one that I'm very on the fence about and it just ended up being something I did not expect it to be. Um, I read this for a book club that I'm in. Um, it's called Followers by Megan Angelo. And it was billed as like this kind of like futuristic dystopian world where people um, decide that they want to like kind of live in this Truman World-esque environment. And 11, like everyone in the world can tune into their lives. And they're basically in like a 24-hour reality show. Hmm. So um, yeah, these people that, that um, used to be kind of like B-list actors and then something happens where like the world completely implodes and like all this data gets shared. It's another kind of like end of the world novel as well. But um, I don't know. It ended up being just not exactly what I thought it would be because it would go back and forth between um, before this big event and after this big event where like the the after um, part is where this weird Truman Show world is before is, is happening. And Every single character was just, you didn't want to root for them. They were, they were all just completely awful people. Mm-hmm. And um, it didn't really, like, dive into the juiciness of what I would expect, like, mm-hmm. a setting like that would give. I don't know. I would skip this. Yeah, I mean, the and premise it was, was like, oh. Oh, yeah, I'm going to read that but... one tonight. Just <laughs> well, now, I mean, it now it doesn't sound as good, so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but there's, like. There's like a surprise pregnancy and like baby stealing and like um oh. like face biting and uh, oh yeah it's just weird I was like trying to describe the plot to my boyfriend and he was like I was just laughing through all of it I was just like <laughs> telling him the whole plot and he's like this is in one book and I'm like uh, yeah so it was just I just kept turning the page with me like could this get more ridiculous and it and it just kept, and it did kept getting more ridiculous Shelby did you have a least favorite. Well, I mean, a lot of my least favorites were just like dumb books that no one would ever read anyways, you know, (laughs) (laughs) but there was a book that I'm sort of like Sierra on the fence about, um, Mm -hmm. American Royals by Catherine McGee. It's, uh, yeah, it's a new adult that's sort of set in this world that asks the question, like, what if George Washington had taken on a crown instead of the democracy and so it's set in today's world but the idea is that we have american royalty and so there's a royal family of these generations ago washingtons and so it follows like the three the two princesses and the prince and just their different lives and i was like okay like this is a fun premise right i the characters unfortunately were just like 
they're just all really dumb that it's like sort of like, <laughs> wow, you guys are making a mess of your own lives. That it's sort of like, I can't even sympathize with your choices right now. But I mean, it's still like a, and the world itself is kind of like, okay, I mean, how does this work? Like they have dukedoms of like different states and stuff and like all this sort of weird old money, I don't know, royalty. And so it's all very like strange to read in like an Americanized huh. setting. But it was fun and it sort of reminded me of, I don't know if you guys, I mean, I doubt Matt's ever heard of it, but Anna Godberson did a couple like historical fiction, Gossip Girl-esque, like Gilded Age and then the Age of the Flappers where it's sort of these oh, yeah. I've heard of dramatizations those. of these these lives and these weird settings. So it reminded me of that and it's definitely set as like a series. So it ends on a cliffhanger and it's like, all about the romances and stuff so I don't know I was sort of like I want people to read it so I can talk about it because I'm just like mesmerized by I I'm often like someone who reads a book and I'm like man I wish they'd done better with this idea because it's such a cool idea that I'm just like I just just would have changed a few things here tried a little (laughs) bit harder there and so I feel like it was almost sort of a, a waste of its premise but it was still like a fun read so I don't know. That's one of those ones I'm like, mm, I mean, if you need a just to pass the time, it's definitely like an easy read. <laughs> yeah. No, that's how I felt about followers. It was like lots of plot twists and entertaining, but it's like they wasted a good premise for sure. Yes. Always frustrating. I, I don't have I talked about Bleak House on the podcast already, <laughs> Shelby? Um, I mean, I think in passing, you admitted that it's taken you like two years to get through it. (laughs) I started it last summer when I was going to England and I was like, this will be fun. Like read some Charles Dickens. I like Jessica Simpson. Love Great Expectations. (laughs) Um, So I was like Bleak House is another like big fat Charles Dickens book. Let me read this. And it took me. I mean, yeah, like nine months, 10 months to get through it. But I polished off the last like 300 pages in quarantine. So I'm counting it as a quarantine read because, you know, that's the equivalent of some of these other books. I yeah. finished. How long um, is it? It's like 800 and some pages, oh, I think. Why do you do it this is... to yourself? Because here's the thing. I love a long book. Like, okay. I feel there's nothing more satisfying then when you're reading something and you get to know all of these characters so well and everything is set up and then it all like ties together in the end. Um, so and I really appreciate that and be long, you know, short, like I regular agree. size books can do that. You know, 300 pages is my sweet spot. Yeah, but <laughs> I there's love a 300 diff- page book. <laughs> but there's a different level. You know what I mean? Like there's a different amount of you being with the character at 300 pages than there is at like, 500 pages you know it's like the difference between one harry potter book and the harry potter series it's like when you read through seven books i mean that's obviously way longer than 800 pages but it's like you just know the characters so well that when things happen it matters more to you so that's what i was hoping would happen with bleak house that is not (laughs) what happened with bleak house it's this like long-winded legal drama of who gets the money from this estate after this rich person dies and there's approximately 700 characters i couldn't keep any of them straight there was a list in the front of the book that had all of them so i had to keep flapping 
back to that oh, I to, like that. try to figure out like wait who is the oh this is that person's lawyer oh this is this. it had like a couple plot arcs that I really did like but overall was not great but I finished it so now I feel you know very like pretentious and <laughs> proud of yeah. myself for reading this book so, so the moral of the story is to steer clear of yes steer Dickens clear of Bleak books House. that are over <laughs> 800 pages. Go with great expectations. Jessica Simpson and I's favorite. Yeah. Much better. Should we get into book recommendations for quarantine that we didn't necessarily read during quarantine, but we think might be uh, good for the peeps to dive into? Yeah. Sure. Uh, Sierra, you want to go first? Yeah. I'll actually lead with one that I'm like 100 pages in. I'm not done with it yet, but I do think it deserves a, a shout out on this. But it's a nonfiction book. And I'm reading Maybe You Should Talk to Someone. Um, And it's about, like, the subtitle of it is A Therapist, Her Therapist, and Our Lives Revealed. So it goes back and forth between this um, therapist and her patients. She's a therapist in um, Hollywood. And she used to work in um, television production. So she it's, it's, like, really, really fun and juicy chapters about her crazy patients and then she intertwines that with chapters about her experience in therapy. And it just gives mm. such a human experience to the idea of therapy. Like I've um, not currently in therapy, but I have gone in the past and you kind of forget that the person you're talking to is actually a human being as well who has their own issues. So um, I don't know. I've really found it like, funny and interesting and um, it's a nice, nonfiction book to not get too it's not too heady it's it's very um readable is that by Lori Gottlieb yes I forgot her name that's why I didn't say it thank you Matt Mm, (laughs) yes no I um uh let's say that I had uh crossed paths with her in my publishing uh life and she is an interesting person so i can see how the book would be interesting yeah like i just finished a chapter this doesn't really spoil anything but she talks about how she um it's like reaching her 40s and wants to have a kid and she's talking about how she just like calls up some guy she met at a networking event and is like hey you want to have my baby do you want to donate your sperm and Mm -hmm. i was like excuse me (laughs) What? That feels what? exactly correct. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was literally, I, I couldn't believe it. I was like, people do that? What? And I don't think people do. Just, just her. <laughs> well, did it work? Um, you have to read, but oh, he ends okay. up getting cold feet and something else happens. Oh, I so. see. Oh, too yeah. bad. Mm. Too bad. It's a rough go. I know, right? <laughs> Um, my recommendation is a book called Good Morning Midnight by Lily Brooks Dalton. She's not really like, I think it's like her second book. She hasn't written anything since. And I honestly um, picked it up because someone said it was sort of in the same vein as Station Eleven, which is another favorite. But this is a very like cozy read. And I think it would be perfect for this quarantine season, if only because it sort of deals tangentially with the world ending um, because it basically follows two characters, one of whom is a like an old researcher in the Arctic who um, chose to stay there after everyone left to deal with some unspoken world catastrophe. And Ooh. then there's a, a woman on a space crew coming back from a mission to Jupiter and realizing 
no one on earth is answering. And so it's sort of just about these two people's journey through this, like dealing with realizing the world is the world that they've already removed themselves from for various reasons is sort of like ending as they knew it. And I like loved the characters. I think there were a lot of interesting choices made with like the story itself and and the choices that have brought these characters to where they are. And it, and it never like answers like what happened to everyone, like what went down. Like it's not about the <laughs> catastrophe itself. It's just like these last two people on earth basically kind of dealing with the unknownness of it all. So I think it's just like one of those reads that like, yes, it might hit a little too close to home, but it does it in such a like cozy way that you're just sort of like, oh, okay, like everything will be okay. (laughs) I'm very confused as to how that that is cozy. Well, because it's like, I don't know how to explain it, but I know it should seem bleak and it should be very depressing, but there's something that's just so like, they're just so secure in their choices like they're just when you said cozy i thought it was gonna be like (laughs) oh like a grandma in a little cabin with their no well they are in antarctica you're like you're like the world's gone it's two people left they're stranded in the coldest place to me yeah looking back at their lives and wondering if they should have done things different but also being grateful for where they are and it's just like it's just there's something so content about it maybe is the right word and it's just okay. like that itself is a comfortable feeling in the midst of mm. so much unknown, you know? Mm-hmm. Shelby, I also like how you referred to quarantine as quarantine season. Like it's an yeah. award season or something. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's you just know, a phase of time. It's a phase. It's fine. We'll get through yeah. it. <laughs> we now no longer have spring. There is yes. summer, winter, fall, and quarantine. <laughs> yes. Um I feel like I was slightly prepared for this quarantine because I had a shorter quarantine that I went through a couple of years ago when the people in my apartment thought that we had bed bugs. Oh, and so I was like, yeah, it was a disaster. We Turns out we didn't have bed bugs. Um, one of my roommates just had sort of like a mosquito bite on his back. Uh, but for like <laughs> a, four, four or five days, we ha- I had to like put everything in bags, move everything to the center of oh. my apartment. We had this poison powder stuff that they had had that the building gave us that we put all along our walls and you know like in all of these cracks and so I basically just sat on like a plastic bed you know like mattress cover and read for these five days and I read um The Little Friend by Donna Tartt which is uh, kind of, it's sort of a mystery. It's set like in the deep south, and this young child um dies, and his sister is trying to figure out what happened to him. But there's these plots of like, so there's her who's like investigating in this small town to figure out what happened, like asking the locals. And then there's also a plot line where there's like the local drug dealers. But then the third part of the plot is this weird cult that I guess is in the South where it's like Christians and they use snakes as part of like healing. Uh. Like they like run around and like throw snakes around and like bite each other with them. And it's like a real thing, which I was just fascinated by and just breezed through this book. Um, It's by the same person who wrote a secret history and the goldfinch, which I feel like are more okay. well-known books, but, okay. oh, but the little like, friend, <laughs> she writes like one book every 10 years, right? Yes. Yeah. Yes. This and this sense. was great. 
And then turns out um, at the end of the quarantine, the inspectors came to our house and they told us that we didn't have bed bugs, but actually we had put so much poison powder down in the house that we could have like killed ourselves based on that. So really out of the frying pan into the fire on that. (laughs) So how long is this book? I mean, just to give our... Um, uh, a cool thousand pages yeah yeah, a a tight 1600 um no it's maybe like 400 i don't know i mean it's like long but not like that long okay well that's great to know i did try to read the secret history once and um that was when i did not finish so that is wild that is (laughs) wild that book is fantastic why didn't you finish it I I think we just have different tastes, and um, I think um, you enjoy long, pretentious reads, and I find them exhausting in their own way. So, and you just, love a cozy Arctic novel, exactly. Yeah, it just reached a point where it wasn't worth it anymore. I just I know you like like your like bleak and like unlikable characters and like wow look at all these pages and I just I'm fine with an unlikable character but I just need to care about something in the book you know what I mean I yeah I feel like Matt you you've said it multiple times just on this episode but you like the accomplishment of finishing it and saying like (laughs) oh I've read this like oh I've read like finished this thousand word novel whatever and so but I I, I just feel like I value like a good story with good character development. Yes. And more than saying, oh, I've read this. But it's okay, <laughs> yeah. It's okay. Um, oh, but I did uh, want to ask, have you guys read My Year of Rest and Relaxation by Otessa? No, it's been on my Marshall. list though. Mm, no. It's a delight. I think, I don't know about Matt, but I think Sierra would like it. And it is I know I would honestly, if you like it. it's another good quarantine I need to excuse myself (laughs) but this is a good example of what I'm saying like you don't have to be a likable character to write a likable book because this is like the story of a young privileged woman who's like suffering from some ennui enough to just decide she's going to phone it in for a year through an elaborate cocktail of like drugs and alcohol she's just going to sleep for a year and hopefully wake up with a better life and it's like there is something that's like, wow, part of this does sound very appealing. And then another part is just like a great character study. So maybe Wait, the this book would is be just her for sleeping for a year? No, it's about her journey through this like desire to sleep for a year. You'd have to like it sounds weird. I was sort of like, why does everyone love this? But I think it's just such an interesting character study. So another buzzword you like. How long maybe is it? It'll be good for you. It's very short. I mean Oh, no. Pass. It's a breeze to get through is what I mean. I don't remember the total page count. It's not like it's Um, a picture book, Matt. Come on. Yeah. (laughs) Love a picture book. Yeah. I do love an unlikable character, honestly. Mm -hmm. Like, like anyone who's being miserable a little bit, you know, like you like the. (laughs) It's not being miserable. I just I just find people who are like too perky you know, kind of like untrustworthy. You know what I mean? I like yeah, a character a range, where you though. know that this you is know. what they are. And yeah. it's fun reading it and being kind of like, girl, what are you doing? Like, <laughs> those are always good books for me to read. But you just get really yeah. angry at the decisions that yes. characters make. Yeah. Well, what's on your list to read still, Matt? Do you have anything? Now I'm quickly editing these choices that I oh. made uh, to uh, <laughs> yeah. 
you know, more fun, relatable thing. Yeah. Um, no, one of my favorite authors that I've read recently is Colson Whitehead. And I've Ooh. read a bunch of his books over the last couple of years. Um, and he's written Underground Railroad and The Nickel Boys and um, The and Colossus agree of New about York. Those, but anyways, so, so yeah, people ugh. are like, oh, I don't trust that, but I trust Shelby. Like, they're actually good books. So, yes, yes. <laughs> so I have a couple. I have The Intuitionist, which I think was his first book. And I, it's about like an elevator operator or something. I really have no idea, but I have it and I really want to read that. Um, and then also for Christmas, I got this book called The Best Movie Year Ever, which is all about. It's nonfiction. It's all about the year 1999 and all of the movies that came out that year. <laughs> so I have that on my shelf and I want to read that because I think it will be interesting just like about what Hollywood and stuff was like back in the 90s. But it talks about a lot of different movies. So I'm trying to watch some of the movies before I read the book so I know what they're talking about. But those are the next two things I've got coming up for me. Sierra? Um, yeah. So one of my favorite books that I read like a year and a half ago was um, One Day in December, which is just this like very schmaltzy, great romance story. Um, and it's written by this woman named uh, Josie Silver. So that book is about um, this woman who just sees this guy through her, um, her at her bus stop. And she like sees him and locks eyes and is like, I, this is the man that I'm going to marry. I love him. But then spends a whole year trying to find him. And then after that year, he ends up being um, her roommate's new boyfriend. So just that premise mm. alone drew me into that yes. book and I loved it. And it was just complete, just like eating a bowl of spaghetti, just like comfort food is amazing. So she has a new book called The Two Lives of Lydia Bird. Um, and I'm not entirely sure what it's about, but I loved the first one so much that I will read anything <laughs> that she does. It's billed as a powerful and thrilling love story about the what ifs that arise at life's crossroads and what happens when one woman is given Ooh. a miraculous chance to answer them. So Ooh. it's sitting there. I can't wait to read it. I heard it's really sad. So I love a good cry. So I'm excited to dive into that one. And then I also have conversations with friends on my list, which is another Sally Mooney book. Have you guys I read that read one? I want to read that. No, but that's on my list too, since I love normal people so much. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that's next just because I also, I think I didn't, I wasn't a hundred percent in love with normal people because I was mad that she, the author Sally Rooney has achieved such fame and she is like my age. So, um, <laughs> oh yes, I'm curious to see yeah, what this oh, is. Hard. And she wrote it when she was like 25. So we'll see. Cool. Yeah, you can get in a good hate that way. When you said one day in December, it immediately made me think of one day, the um the book that they turned oh. into that Anne Hathaway movie. My God, that book is so I think sad. Everyone hated, but I was oddly into and also liked the movie. So yeah. that is oddly similar to normal people. So I see why yes. you like that. Yes, one. yes, it very is. similar. It is. Wow. I didn't put that together, but I did really like both of them. My, so random aside about one day, my Mom went to the first movie she's ever gone to by herself, and it was one day, and she called me just <laughs> crying, just bawling after that Aww. movie because it's a very, very sad ending. But she was like – it took her a while to go to a movie uh, by herself Aww. again, but she's a very ad- ad- avid alone movie watcher now. But that almost that, – and, and a very, very bad her. accent, so. Oh, by yeah. Anne Hathaway, so. That'd be hard to recover from too. Not her, not her worst. Not her worst. I must say, <laughs> maybe not even top five worst. So, um, I have a long list of like things on my Libby account that I'm on hold for, but one of them is this new novel called Pretty Things by Janelle Brown, 
Um, and it's about a grifter and an heiress. And I was obsessed with that story about that grifter who fooled everyone in New York a few years ago. And oh, yeah. so I think this will scratch that like itch for me about about people who are just so invested. Wait, is it in a romance? And... No, I think it's just about like this. I think it's sort of like this woman who just wants to be seen as wealthy and successful. And so she sort of just makes up this lie of a life and gets away with it. And so I think it's like sort of that meets Ingrid goes West where they become obsessed oh, with I each love other. That. So I love I'm that movie too. That. We'll have to see how it goes and I'll, I'll bring it up. Those are great ones to read because like any grifter story, cause you just like, yes. you, I could personally never see myself doing that. So you just <laughs> like love to just yeah, dive into someone's mind. <laughs> Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're like, oh, you they really can pull just it off. Have to have a lot of confidence. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yes. I could see Matt pulling off a grifter, um, scam artist life. I mean, maybe for like a very specific like grift, you know, like. like Are you saying I'm not charming enough to fool people something. into thinking I'm like a doctor yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, or a pilot? Like, catch me if you yeah. can, or you just. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that could be your quarantine project is creating the perfect grift. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's hard to be a grifter when you're stuck in your own. Or, or is it? Maybe <laughs> no, it's this is the perfect planning. Time. It's the perfect yeah. planning time. We'll never get this <laughs> mm-hmm. again. This is a gift. Lay the groundwork. Yeah. Do we know anyone stuff. really rich? I could try to, um, uh, you know. No, you can't know get, them get personally. In with? You have to. Well, right. But do you target. know anyone? <laughs> we'll connect no. offline. Don't yeah. worry. Yeah. <laughs> okay, great. <laughs> So you're reading the Grifter book. What else, Shelby, in your 700 pile um, lineup? Yeah, I mean, it's been on my list for a while. I've been avoiding it. But All-American Boys, which I think is a YA that came out last year that's, like, about race, racism and police brutality, um, oh. which is not oh, funny. Wow. But it's just one of those. It's sort of like the hate you give. Like, it feels like it could either be a really good novel or it'll feel a little bit too you know, on the nose. And it's written by two authors, which I always hate. Like, I hate when they tag me mm. in the book. But it's written Who's by... Who's it by? It's, um... I don't know. They're both, like, very, like, successful YA writers. Is it that weird book them. that's by the, by the, um... That was like the tag team by the g- girl who wrote the Love Simon, and then that other guy. Because I heard that was terrible. No, I actually that's sitting that's sitting on my list. That one's called uh, Yes, No, Maybe So. I'll read it and let you know how it is. Okay. No, this is Jason Reynolds and Brendan Kylie. Um, Never heard of them. So I Never think they write from the perspective of the black boy and then the white boy, and you know, it, I don't know. We'll Heavy. see how it goes. Yeah. <laughs> That being yeah. said, a little. I think we've said yeah. this like the last time that I was on, but The Hate You Give is a great book to read at any yes, time. I, I and Hate a great movie. Oh, yeah. It did not get nearly enough great credit. Cast. Like, I agree. Yeah. So hopefully it surprises me like that one did. Well, I mean, that is a lot of book recommendations that <laughs> yes. we have given people. So hopefully they can find something that uh, is to their taste, whether they, you know, prefer more thoughtful literary books like the ones <laughs> I'm choosing or, you know, kind of just like the trash uh, oh, okay. drifting yeah, along yeah. on the street like Shelby is reading. <laughs> um uh, Shelby's actually finished two books since we started this podcast. So she'll be talking about those next week. Um 
Sierra, do you have anything you want to plug? Any, uh, where can the people find you? Any promo stuff? Are you doing any, you know, um, Zoom uh, concerts for people that <laughs> they should be logging into? Oh, yeah, I wish. Um, no, but I, when I was on this before, I worked at BuzzFeed, and now I work at a travel media company called Afar, A-F-A-R. So if you guys could follow us on Instagram and then I do the newsletters. So if you want to go to afar.com slash newsletters and subscribe to them, um, it's great. We've been having a bit of a hard time because, you know, no one can travel right now and um, we're a small business. So any support would be great in those two ways, following us on social and subscribing to our newsletters is the best way to show us support. So yeah, if you want to just escape and see pretty pictures of um places that you can't go to right now yes. we can deliver I spent, I spent two hours looking at this twitter feed of um fancy hotels like around the world and Ugh. it just like made my whole day so yes I highly a very nice escapism yeah. yeah exactly <laughs> yeah thanks also, for having me can... on the podcast again guys Oh yes. my gosh, of course. I mean, I'm I'm questioning whether or not it. I should yes. invite you back a third time, but... <laughs> yeah, it'll happen. I mean, Shelby and I talk about just kind of starting our own podcast about yeah. how great of taste we have all the time, so... <laughs> yeah, or if um, Matt continues to have technical issues, then, you know... Or fall mysteriously ill. Choices. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. We, are, we do live in trying times, so... Yes, you know, anything can happen. Um, but you can always find us on uh, on social media at PS You're Wrong. We're on Instagram, Twitter, sometimes Facebook. And uh, yeah, you can always send us an email with your book recommendations or to tell Matt how weird it is that he wanted to read Bleak House in this, the year of our Lord 2020. But um, <laughs> send those to PS You're Wrong at gmail.com. But think about like me walking around London with like a large <laughs> Barnes and Noble copy of Bleak yeah. House. You know, it gives no, it, it a certain it aesthetic. Out. Yeah, exactly <laughs> the type you want to avoid. But it mm. says American <laughs> trying to fit in. So it's fine. I had a beret on. Yeah. It was great. <laughs> um, yeah. Leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. We'll be back next week. I think next is next week. Shelby, the week where there's a like a Chris Hemsworth, Chris Hemsworth movie that's coming yeah. out. Yeah, I'm excited. What's it He's, called? Uh, Do we know? I have no idea. It's on Netflix though, <laughs> and it'll be a great time. <laughs> I'm I'm excited. Honestly, I mean, can't wait. Yeah. He's good. <laughs> It might. It's probably not as good as Too Hot to Handle, the best thing on Netflix in okay. years. But yeah, you know, we'll we shall see. Yeah. Well, thank you again for coming on the podcast, Sierra. Oh, and the highlight of my week. Thanks, <laughs> thanks for listening, everybody, and we will see you next week. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>